Good morning. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin here. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. It's a great day to be alive in the, in uh, the world, and we live in an unprecedented time of of abundance and uh, and just so so much uh, technology, whatever it is. And yet, we've also never lived in a culture that is more anxious, more depressed, more addicted. I mean, it's incredible how we have all this abundance, all the great things in the world, and yet people are working more hours, they're working harder, they're working longer, they're dealing with more issues. It seems like it should be the other way around. I love when we don't see things exactly the same. I think that that's something we well, can celebrate. you need celebrate. new glasses. I know. I know. Uh <laughs> Russ and I occasionally uh, steal a line from Doug Wilson where he says, you have your ways and I'll have his, you know, j- jokingly. But, but I actually think there's nothing new under the sun. And so when you said technology, I'm all, all on board. Um, you know, I do believe that we have technology that has not been around. But as far as sin, man, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, no, it's, I'm not talking about sin. It's just an abundance. We got more. There's more money out there. I mean, somebody just recently won a two billion dollar lottery talking about changing somebody's uh, potentially changing somebody's life and probably not for the better i would imagine still though the the among the biggest houses in america is the biltmore uh in in that golden age that obscenely wealthy age in fact um there's a book called Outliers that talks about how the richest people that have ever lived came from this, that, from that, um, among the top, and I don't remember the numbers, top 20 richest people that ever lived, like nine of them came from that era. Hmm. You know, and they, I mean, there's always been wealth, Solomon wealth. Uh, there's just been, there, there's been kind of an ebb and flow of, of these things, and yet nothing in terms of wealth, in terms of, you know, uh, military power, in terms of empires, there's been an ebb and a flow. And, and so there are cycles of, 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 you know, epochs of history, and yet um, nothing new under the sun. Well, that's true. And people, just real quick to give you a few of those, not important, and we really need to focus on the word, but, you know, people have said we've never lived in a more divided age in America today than, than, than today. We've never lived in a more divided era. And I thought, I'm pretty sure there was a civil war in this country. Seems like I read about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, there, there's we've never lived in an era that was more racially charged. And I'm thinking, uh, I think this nation had, sl- you know, slavery when we founded. And so, and, and listen, it's not about, white and black and male and female we'll fight over anything if the devil if if we're not aware of the schemes of the devil so you've had catholics fight protestants you've had you've had protestants arminians fight protestant calvinists you've had wars over these types of things you've had you know you've had people in the same city being willing to shoot each other for trying to cross an imaginary line in berlin and the devil divides we're a mess but 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 God is faithful and good, and we flee to him. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, so if you have your Bible, let's uh, find 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And uh, we're talking about stewardship. And, and so just in, in transparency, as I did my doctoral work, uh, I did it in this particular area, uh, stewardship. And part of, part of what that means is, is that I surveyed people and I asked certain questions. And one of the questions that is driving this particular podcast today is this idea uh, that we can do anything we want with the money that we have. And, and just please hear me, bear with me. 
we're going to talk about money in this sense, but this could apply to anything we have. It's not just money. We, we use time however we want. We use our, our, our clothing, the things that money can buy however we want. We certainly use money however we want. So anyways, part of the survey that I asked was, is money and your use of it is either A, nobody's business, B, morally neutral, C, highly spiritual. Uh, and then I think there was a D and, you know, and it was, you know, I don't know or whatever. Well, the vast majority of the respondents to that question was either morally neutral or nobody's business. And this was with believers. And uh, so, Gavin, you and I were talking about that and uh, just sort of this disconnect that we have in our culture between our possessions, which could include time, the time that we're given. It could be anything, literally. There's a disconnect between what we have, what God has given us, and what we should be doing with it. And, uh, and so people don't view their use of time or their use of money or their use of the resources they have as being highly spiritual. In fact, they view it as either nobody's business or uh, morally neutral. And so Paul says here, uh, well, I tell you what, Gavin, why don't you, uh, why don't you pray for us, we'll, and then we'll read this passage. All right. Heavenly Father, we come again before your throne of grace because it is a good place to be, and we ask you, the giver of every good and perfect gift, to do that which will not happen if you don't act. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would read your word, that we would be touched by your word and changed by your word. Our hearts would be different so that we can do what we want, but what we want is you. And so our time, our talent, and our treasure, uh, shaped uh, by this new wanter, is given to you with joy. And God, we will never give a gift to you that will not be repaid because we get you. That, that's the gift we really want. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul says here to uh, the, the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 begins, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I am the chief uh, sinner in this mindset that what I have is mine to do with what I want. It's nobody's business or it's morally neutral. I have lived a long life of with that mindset as a believer. And and I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. But when I went through this doctoral process, one of the things that I as I recollected back, I don't remember hearing a single message preached on tithing or stewardship or any of that. And and maybe maybe I did my share sleeping in the pew? I'd like to think I stayed awake and was engaged. So there's either a disconnect because uh, I, I just didn't connect the dots or I wasn't trained up that way. I don't know what it is, but, but our use of our resources is far from morally neutral. It's far from nobody's business. It is highly spiritual. It serves a purpose. Yeah, so you combined um, a, a lot of different ideas there. And one that I would pull back from is that I get to do what I want. 
um, necessarily we do what we want. Jonathan Edwards' freedom of the will is a, is a declaration that you can only do what you want. And he works through it. If you want to dig into that more, that's, that's a phenomenal book. But we do what we want. The problem is it's really helpful for us to examine every once in a while to test ourselves to see if what we want is God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you want him? And, and I think that's why giving is so important. So giving necessarily and by definition, what you do with your money, by definition, declares what you value. So if I value a hamburger, I can give you a dollar for it. Let's say the hamburger is a dollar. I can give you a dollar for it. Now, if I think I got a great deal, maybe I even value the hamburger more than a dollar. Maybe I value it $3, but at least I value it a dollar because I'm going to give you a dollar because I value that hamburger worth a dollar. So what you, you, how you spend your money is a declaration on what you want and what you value. And so then I go to 1 Peter 1, 6, in, in this, uh, you rejoice though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is a testing of your faith that is a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. And so when I look back you know, at your finances, how you spend your time, how you use your talents, is it a declaration? It is a declaration of what you value. Is it a declaration of God? And so, you know, I, I think to, to do what you want is, is what you will do ultimately. And, and, and I got to watch this because someone will say, no, I only give out of, of, of compulsion and out of obligation. Well, then what you want is to relieve that guilt which is not a good motivation to give, but that's, you know, that's the motivator. But in the end, you're still doing what you want. And, and that guilt is hanging over you. So I don't think that's a good motivator. I don't think that's a horrible reason to give. You know, that's why God reminds us in Psalm 50, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. If I were hungry, I wouldn't ask you guys. I don't need it. So don't, we don't give out of guilt. We give out of a heart that loves God and God wants a cheerful giver. So as you examine your heart, is it going, yes, I get to give. Now I'll give you an example. I, I, I know I'm a, rambling a little bit here, but the example that I use is, hey, Russ, don't buy your children anything for Christmas. And a lot of, especially mamas will go, well, no, wait, no, I'm not doing that. I'm, I, I had somebody tell me this past week, I, I will not commit to that. I'm not going to commit to not giving my kids something. Well, why not? Well, because I love them. Can you imagine if, if a pastor stood up on Sunday and said, I don't want you to give to this church anymore. People may go, I don't know, may go, whew. But when you tell a mama not to get something for Christmas for her kids, she's like, oh, I have to. Well, why? Because I love them. And, and that's, there, that is, you know, uh, Elkanah gave Hannah a double portion because he loved her. God so loved the world that he gave. That, that you know, I don't want to make us materialistic, but a heart that loves something enjoys giving. And it, again, so that cheerful giver is a declaration that God is your you know, treasure and your great reward. And we give out of love and joy and an abundance of affection for him. Yes, I agree with everything you said, but it's not necessarily materialistic. We we give Amen. of what we have. We have time. time. We have all of this, all right? All our resources. We we have this special treasure hidden in earthen vessels. What treasure is that, Gavin? The gospel. The gospel. <laughs> Are you stewarding the gospel? Yeah, I think it's a really, you know, count your many blessings. Well, every good gift that you've ever received from your time to your talent, treasure, your next breath, those things that were mentioned in the last episode and the gospel are all to be stewarded for our good and his glory.
Yeah. So we live in a culture. It's so it's, you know, the enemy does everything opposite from God. And, and so he has duped and deceived or whatever it is. God, God, his, his word teaches us to, um, to be chaste, to be modest, uh, to hold tightly to our chastity and to hold loosely to our money. In the culture that we live in, we are taught to hold loosely to our chastity and to hold tightly to our money. Well, I it, you, I love how you reminded us that the that the anti the spirit of the antichrist is to go against or instead of Christ, it's to redirect your resources to things that are not of God. So whether you hold on to it and be- put it in your pillowcase at night, or whether you spend it on a new Ferrari or anything in between, is a way to redirect it from being used for kingdom's work, right? The, the kingdom work. And so, um, yeah, I, I, but, but I also want to put in there the caveat that another pastor reminds us well of is that you're in a war. And sometimes in a war, you need to buy an aircraft carrier. And so sometimes in a war, you're going to have to let go of that money and spend it on things that are, you know, important and significant. Now, I'm not, I'm not recommending a multi-billion dollar church or something like that. You know, I don't mean that. I mean, but you may have to spend money to, to promulgate the gospel. I'm not talking about a $72 billion jet to take the gospel to, you know, Tanzania. I'm going to go sit in my tower and, yeah, and I'm not talking about God told me, uh, you know, I got to have so much money so I can buy a jet. <sighs> yeah. But I am saying that there is a time. To, to let go of that money to That's be right. used for, for the glory of God. Well, and, and I think if we're honest in our reading of Scripture, uh, if we look at it without the um, preconceived notions that we have with regard to money or time or whatever it is, if we're just being honest as we read Scripture, what we would see is, is that we, we should approach money with an open hand, not a closed fist. Uh, everything that we have should be available to God for his glory. And, and so... You know, this is this this subject really touches on some areas that that many of us struggle with. This is one of them: the the use of our resources, our money, or whatever. It is not morally neutral. It's highly spiritual. The culture we live in has such accessibility uh, to money. We have we have ball players that are signing you know quarter of a billion dollar contracts this lottery recently 2 billion dollars there's there's this accessibility to money that that the likes of which we haven't really seen and suddenly you can go from literally from the outhouse to the penthouse just by you know spending a few dollars on a ticket or or if you have some kind of talent like uh, playing a, some some sport and so we, we fail to realize that all of those things, the gift uh, of ability that you have, uh, I've, I've heard people say, well, I, you know, I went to school. I put in the time. I, 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 I'm the one that read the books. I'm the one that wrote the papers. I'm the one that walked the stage. Yeah, you did. Congratulations. God gave you the ability to do that. And, and whatever you're doing for a job, you might be an astrophysicist or you might be uh, unemployed for whatever reason. Um, whatever your ability, it, God has given that. It is all a gift. It is all a gift. Yeah, Kelly Capick wrote a book, Only You're Only Human, which reminds us that you're, it, it said that your belly button is a reminder that you're not independent. You're dependent mm-hmm. even on your parents, much less absolutely we are dependent on God. And so the idea that you are self-made and everything that you've earned is, is to be used for your glory is, is foolish, even just looking down at your belly button. You, you, are, you are dependent. Did Adam have a belly button? No. I'm just curious. Okay. 
So, you sure um, about that? but but uh, the Second Corinthians nine eleven is kind of you know maybe where we were going with that. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So there was one pastor famously who found out what he could live on, and uh, when he was early in his ministry, he he found that he could live on you know thirty pence a day, um, and so then he would get raises, and he found out that you know I don't I don't. I don't need to increase my spending to fit those wages. I can live on this amount of money. And so when he died, he had next to nothing. And yet, you know, I, I, just an amazing amount of money flowed f- through him into the ministry. Like he just he just kept putting it back in the ministry uh, to be used again for kingdom work. Uh, and, and, you know, Benjamin Franklin I was reading a biography of his and, and he was, he was asked to compromise in, in writing a newspaper article and he went home, he said, okay, I need to find out, you know, you know, how much is, what, what is the value of a soul type thing? So he goes home and he, and he, you know, drinks a glass of water, makes some bread, sleeps under his coat on the floor. And he said, you know, no problem at all. So he valued his integrity more than he did a good meal and a good bed. And so he said, I'll never sell myself, prostitute myself like that. Well, I think that's, again, what's going on in this text is just what do you value? God loves a cheerful giver. Look at your heart. Is it content with God? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. Well, and contentment is something we don't see a lot of. So, you know, it may be something we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the time we have, uh, though, for this episode. And so we hope that uh, you will join us again tomorrow as we open the Bible. I hope that you will continue to do that and seek the Lord and uh, rejoice always in the Lord. Uh, And uh, until we see you tomorrow, be blessed.